Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, and this is Kayla bringing another episode. And today we are going to be talking about victory in Jesus and not dwelling on all of the things that are going on around this crazy world that we're living in. And so many things are happening right now, but we'll get into all of that. And like always, before we do, let's have a word of prayer so the Lord will be with us as we study and learn more of Him and what He would have us to do. With that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, Lord, thank you so much for this year of life that you've given us, for this chance to learn and glean of you, to cast away all the filthiness that is our life because we are full of sin. Our heart is desperately wicked, but Lord, you have promised to give us a new heart in you and we must live for you. So Lord, help us to do just that. Be with us, dwell in us. Please forgive us for our sins. Help us to want to put away that sin and become a new creature like you promised. Help us to claim those promises, believe them, and accept them. We thank you and praise you for all that you have and will do and continue to do for us every single day. And we ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful son's name. Amen. All right, so like I said, we're talking about victory. And what does it mean to live in this present life? And how are we to still hold on to that love, to that trust, to that forgiveness, forgiveness that we want so bad. All of these things are going to be discussed and I'm just going to be reading from a couple of different quotes, but I encourage you to do a study of victory on your own. Really search into it and know that we can have the victory, that victory is waiting for us and that we can obtain it. We just have to take it day by day and we will talk about all of this, discuss it all, read the promises in the Bible for yourself. So encouraging. Whenever you feel down, whenever you feel depressed, do not dwell on it. Go to Jesus. Cast your cares upon him. I have a podcast about that and please listen to it and I hope that you get encouragement from it. But with that, let's delve right in. We are going to be reading from Signs of the Times, March 17th, 1890, paragraph 1 through paragraph 7. It says this, the Christian is not to live for this present life. We are to look to Jesus who through an ignominious death made a way for our escape. We must every one of us lay hold of of the hope that is set before us in the gospel. If we would have everlasting life, you should ask yourself, how much am I willing to sacrifice for the truth's sake? Before you answer this question, I would direct you to the life and sacrifice of Jesus for you. As you see him who your sins have pierced, lifted upon the cross of Calvary, you will in contrition of soul lay all at his feet. When we remember how much our salvation has cost, we may be sure that eternal life is worth everything. The enemy is determined that we shall not come into possession of this precious boon. We are traveling through an enemy's land and we must keep on the whole armor of righteousness that we may fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. This is so amazing so far. We have before us this important question and there's only two sides and we have to decide what we're going to choose and we have to ask this question. How much are we willing to sacrifice for truth? sake? Are we willing to sacrifice friendships? Are we willing to sacrifice family members? Are we willing to sacrifice a love life? Are we willing to sacrifice whatever it may be, food, dress, what all of the things that go with obeying the Lord? How much are we willing to do for Jesus? Because Jesus paid it all. He gave up everything for us. He was willing to pay for our sins on that cross. And that is why we are supposed to spend a thoughtful hour a day on the scene 
chains of Christ on the cross because he did that for all of us so that we might have forgiveness, so that we can live that glorious life, so that we can put on the whole armor of righteousness and we can fight that good fight of faith and hold on to eternal life. We can only do this through Jesus. And she continues with this, Satan will come in many ways to tempt the soul away from Christ. He will first tell you that you are good enough of yourself, that you do not need a work of reformation wrought for you. He will suggest to you that you have made but few mistakes in your life and that these will be overbalanced by the good you have done. If you have lived such a life as he would make you believe you have, it would be like a chain with unsound links in it, wholly worthless. One sin unrepented of is enough to close the gates of heaven against you. It was because man could not be saved with one stain of sin upon him that Jesus came to die on Calvary's cross. Your only hope is to look to Christ and live. He came to save to the uttermost all who came unto him, and he is fully able to do all that he has undertaken to do for you. He will lift us up from the degradation into which we have fallen because of sin. We should exercise living faith in Christ. When our hopes of life seem to be slipping away, Jesus is ready to put his everlasting arms beneath us and to draw us to his heart and to comfort, encourage, and bless us. As soon as you surrender wholly to Christ, he will accept you. Christ has said that it was his will that your joy should be full. Why should you not have fullness of joy when through Christ you have the prospect of eternal life that is coming? Why should we not every day show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He wants us to grow better in his love every day. As we follow on to know the Lord, we shall know that his goings forth are prepared as the morning. The sun rises in dimness, but as it begins to climb the heavens, its rays become more and more bright. Thus it is with the Christian in his life. He catches the bright beams of light from Christ, and by trusting in him, he becomes better acquainted with his Savior. It is a difficult matter for human nature to have perfect confidence in divine power, but the Lord will strengthen our faith, and we may have a precious experience in the knowledge of Jesus. We do not have the simplicity we should have in coming to our Heavenly Father. We are sinners, but Christ has died for us, and it is our privilege to place ourselves upon the platform of his promises. If we have the love of Jesus in our hearts, we shall express it in our actions toward others. We shall proclaim to those who are out of Christ the beauty of faith and religion. It is not our place to inquire whether we shall have trials if we walk in the path of obedience. We are to search for the truth as for hidden treasures and to accept it whatever may be its cost. This is powerful. There's so much to unpack here. There's so much that we can learn and glean from these things. That is why we can read them over and over again and get so much from it. That is why we are encouraged to read the Bible again and again because you can always learn from these things. You can always glean something and it doesn't matter how many times you've read it. And this is the same thing for the spirit of prophecy. We have this precious gift and that is salvation that we've been given and we should not toss it aside so easily. We cannot let Satan tell us that we are fine 
the way that we are because that is a lie. We are not fine. We have to build each chain so that it is strong so that when we hang on it, because one day when we have nothing else, we will be hanging on that chain of faith and that chain of Christ. We need to make sure that it is built on solid material and not have unsound links that will break us down and then we will be overcome by sin and overcome by temptation. We can only put our hope in Christ so that he will save us. And we have these promises. That is why we need to memorize the Bible. That is why we need to pray more. That's why we need that connection with Christ now more than ever. We need to take this time to build on a sure foundation to make sure that our lives are right with Christ, especially when the world is as crazy as it is because time is running out. And before we know it, we won't have any time to fix our lives. We won't have a choice to surrender to Christ because Christ has already left the most holy place, has left us to our sins. He's trying to draw us out. He wants us to accept him. He wants us to walk in that marvelous light and that peace that he gives. He spared no expense to get us to heaven. He gave his life. He's preparing that beautiful home, but it would be nothing. That home would be absolutely worthless if it wasn't for Jesus being there and we are able to be in his presence and to see him face to face. How much better does it get than that? This is an amazing thing and we have such a privilege and an honor to tell people about this, to show them how much that Jesus loves them, how much he's willing to help us day by day. People get overwhelmed when they think of it in the long term. Like, oh my goodness, I have so many things that I have to change about myself. I have so many things that I have to do. But it's a day-by-day -day process. Take one single day at a time. All of us are sinners, but Christ is a marvelous Savior and He's waiting to save us to the uttermost. And this is why we must think on good, pure thoughts like the Bible tells us. We must have our mind fortified by the Word so that when the Satan comes with temptations, we can say, no. We are not going to fold to you. We're not going to listen to you because we have Christ in us. So go find someone else to bother. And we can have the victory over sin. She continues, Christ prayed that his disciples might be sanctified through the truth. It is not error, but the truth of God that sanctifies the soul. When we follow in the humble path of obedience, we leave a bright track heavenward for others to walk in. It is our privilege to have a deeper experience in the things of God. Will you review your past life? Will you see where your defects and mistakes have been? And when you see that they are many, will you remember that Jesus lives to make intercession for you and not sink down in discouragement? Jesus pleads his blood before the Father and says, I am he that blotteth out thy transgressions as a thick cloud. Let this be the language of your heart. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Do not even for a moment distrust your Savior's power to save you. Fall in your helplessness at the foot of the cross. Today believe the promise of God. Jesus loves us with a love that is infinite. Oh, what love, what matchless love he has shown for the children of men. Jesus does not desire you to wait to make yourself better. He desires you to take him today as your savior. This very day say, he is mine and I am his. I will give my soul 
into his keeping, and he will keep that which I have committed to his trust against that day. Through faith he will give me victory over the temptations of the enemy. I shall see of his salvation. I shall triumph in God. Do you not think that such language as this will drive back the enemy from the tempted soul? Satan tries to interpose himself between us and Christ, but we must drive him back by talking faith and by exalting the power of Jesus to save us. Shall we not take steps in advance without delay? Shall we not show that we are not afraid to trust our Savior in the darkness as well as in the light? I have been tested on this point. One loved one after another has been torn from me by death, and it has seemed as though it would crush me. But in these hours, Jesus has seemed to say to me, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace that Jesus gives is not the peace of the world. In my sorest trials, when I could not understand why they had come upon me, the only course I could take was to believe that Jesus doeth all things well. After the death of him who had stood by my side for 36 years, I was in great distress, in such anguish that it seemed that I would die. But I had to fight the fight of faith. While Satan suggested temptations and sought to make me distrust God, I would continually say, he knows what is best for me and I will trust in him. This is the hardest point that she had to go through when her husband died. She wanted to die right along beside him because she loved him, but she did not listen to the Satan when he suggested those thoughts to her. She went to the Lord with her trials and her tribulations, and we can do the same no matter the circumstances, no matter what we're going through. We can go to Jesus, and we must go to Jesus, because if we don't, Satan will pull us right into that darkness with him. We want to be a light in the darkness. We don't want to be enshrouded in the darkness. There is a complete difference to the story. We must be a light pulling others out from the darkness, and we must shine bright even though darkness surrounds us. Whatever the trials may be, whatever the temptations may be, whatever is going on, we must go to Jesus. We must trust the promises, believe that they are real, and by faith hold on and claim to them. And we will see a marked difference in our life if we take it day by day like this and we learn to go to Jesus right away with our trials and with our troubles and not let those thoughts of doubt, those thoughts of grief, those thoughts of depression take hold of us. If we praise his holy name, if we help others, if we think of good and pure and holy things, if we sing praises unto the Lord and songs unto his name and claim those promises, we will live a victorious life. We will overcome. We must learn to go to Jesus more. We must learn to praise him. And that's why I don't really believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe in the resolutions every single day, every single moment to help our souls be ready for the Lord. We can always change. We can always grow. Take one day at a time and change one little thing in that day. Like, okay, what am I going to be doing differently today? What am I going to do to help others today? How can I put a smile on someone else's face? And when we have that attitude day by day, we'll slowly realize that we're not thinking about all of the trials that we have to go through and all of the stress from everyday life and the bills we have to pay and food on the table. God is able to supply all of our needs. We do not have to worry about all of it, but he will test us. He will test our faith in him and trials will come. We are guaranteed that. We must know how to have faith because the trials will only get worse. There will come a time when we have to put our trust fully on Jesus.
Jesus. And now more than ever, we have to prepare for that time. So the question is, are you going to trust in the Savior through your darkest trials? She continues, we should not think that Jesus has forsaken us when clouds and darkness come upon our souls. He is a pitying, loving Redeemer. He does not willingly afflict or grieve the children of men. He is not willing that any of us should perish, but that all should have eternal life. But he wants us to follow him as the sheep follow the shepherd. And by and by, he will lead us to living waters and wipe away all tears from our eyes. Jesus loves you. And when trials come upon your soul, as they surely will, you must be often found with God in prayer. The enemy may tell you that God will not hear you, but you must rest in his promise that he will hear the prayer of the contrite soul. Keep your petitions continually ascending to Jesus and believe that he hears you and he will hear you and deliver you from every trial and temptation. The apostle says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. What a beautiful promise. And these are the promises that we can claim. And this is the kind of God that we serve, a God who loves us, who has made a way, an escape for us to have salvation, to bring down the enemy who is constantly beating against our souls because he does not want us saved. And that's why sometimes when we fall into sin and we fall into temptation, me included, we are all great sinners and we have all sinned. No one is an exception to the rule except for Jesus. He's the only one who did and fall into sin. And sometimes when you get yourself into a situation, you continue to spiral downward and downward and downward. And pretty soon you're in this bottom of the pit and you've sinned so much and you're looking up and you're like, how did I get here? Why did I do this? What kind of person am I that I would do this? And this is when we need to take these promises and we need to say to ourselves and we need to repeat ourselves and claim these promises and say, the Lord is willing to forgive us. If we are contrite, if we truly truly want a change in our lives. He's not just going to hear us and then we can't just say, oh Lord, please forgive me and then do it over and over and over again. I mean, the Lord is merciful, but we must have that true repentance and we must ask the Lord for that true repentance. We need to be like, Paul, Lord, help me not to do the things that I want to do and help me to hate them instead. <laughs> Let me want to do the things that are right and what's good. And of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but Paul had the struggles too. He was going through it. We all go through it. But we can have the victory and we can have that forgiveness. We must claim it and we must use it for our own. And now I want to read from Review and Herald, August 5th, 1890, paragraph 4 through paragraph 7. It says, The Savior desires your joy to be full. Therefore, he tells you to abide in him and he will abide in you. Open the door of your heart and let in Jesus and the bright rays of his righteousness. He loves us with a love that is inexpressible. And if at any time you begin to fear that you will be lost, that Jesus does not love you, look to Calvary. Do you want a clearer expression of his love than that which the Father has bestowed upon us, that he has given us in his Son? The light shining from the cross of Calvary should make us the happiest people on the earth. Now I ask you, dear brethren and sisters, why should we not love him? He exclaims, what could have been done more in my vineyard that I have not done in it? If we had to work out our salvation, in our own strength,
strength, we might be discouraged and give up the warfare. But now he says, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. When he has given us such an assurance of his care, should we not respond to it by giving him our confidence? If you have been in the habit of murmuring, complaining, and finding fault, you must cease, for you are showing the satanic side of your character. If you neglect your own soul and begin to find fault and pick flaws in others, you are doing Satan's work. But if you are talking of the love of Jesus and are trying to bless those around you with your influence, you are a blessing and not a curse. You are bringing yourself into close relationship to Jesus. Every day we are to be gaining the victory. Only one day at a time is given us in which to work. We must exercise living faith in God today. We must believe that God accepts us this day if we come to him in sincerity. You must not be controlled by feeling. You must look away from the things that are seen to the things that are unseen, trusting and rejoicing in the promises of God. I have thought with what joy the angels would look down from heaven upon us if we were all praising God and abiding in Christ. If indeed there is joy to the full for the Christian, why should we not possess it and manifest it to the world? The whole treasure of heaven is open before you in Christ. Why should not everyone bring Christ into his life and represent him to the world? We cannot let our feelings dictate to us what we should do. We cannot allow depression to have the victory. We cannot allow feelings of doubt linger within us. We must go by a thus saith the Lord. We must go to Jesus. We must cling to him all night if necessary like Jacob did. And do not let him go until we are given the blessing, until we are assured of his love. We must claim those promises in the Bible. We must read them and apply them to ourselves, believe them because he is faithful and just and he will forgive us and cleanse us from all of our sin. She continues, our Savior is coming again and he wants to find you all ready for his appearing. If you are ready, your eyes will be beholding Jesus and heaven your home. When trials come to depress and discourage you, you must talk faith, not doubt and despondency. You must place your eyes upon heaven and heavenly things. Says Paul, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, then let us keep talking of Jesus and his love. Let us dwell upon the precious truths which he has entrusted to our keeping. Let us show to the world around us that these truths are accomplishing something for us. How can the world tell of the value of the truth which you have received unless they witness the transforming effect on your character? When you have Christ abiding in your hearts by faith, you will bring his righteousness into your life and experience. Satan will say to you, you cannot be saved. You are a sinner. Well, tell him that you know you are a sinner, but that Christ came to save sinners. He says, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Tell the enemy, I have laid hold of the righteousness of Christ, and he is my savior. I have no righteousness of my own, but Christ is my righteousness. Then you will be justified by faith. This is an amazing promise that we can cling to and that we must, we must tell the enemy against because the enemy will come to us and say these words to us, but we cannot let him win. We must cling and claim the promises and we must tell him that we have Christ's righteousness and that we are not affected by his words. We must go to Jesus day by day, little by little, 
will. We must give him all like he gave all to us. We must have this love for him like he loves us. And we can get that day by day, moment by moment. It is a work in progress for sure. And before we know it, we will be changed. We might not even realize the change in ourselves, but that is a good thing. We want his light to be reflected out. We don't want our own selfish natures taking over. We want his words out of our mouth. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do in this situation? How can I respond in a Christ-like way? How can I help my brothers and my sisters to see the truth? How can I encourage them? How can I be the best version that Christ wants me to be? How can I be like Christ and not like me? These are all of the things that we can take day by day, moment by moment. And that is why it is so important to pray so much more than we already are. And I will say this over and over again because we are told this over and over again. It is so important and it is one of the most important things that we can do. All of the things that we have to do are important. So we cannot leave one thing out. And no, it doesn't mean we have to pray all day long. But Paul does say pray without ceasing. So we can all throughout the day pray and talk to the Lord. We can think of good thoughts. We can think of Bible stories. We can think of the promises. We can think of how we can help others. How to be a better light and a better witness to for the Lord. How can we shine the brightest for Jesus? How can we cast the light of the Son of Righteousness onto others? She continues with this. In just a little time, Christ will come in power and great glory. And what a terrible thing it would be if we should not be ready. Let us get ready at once. Separate evil from you. Begin to sing the song of praise and rejoicing here below. Do you want to learn the song of praise here? Do not let a single word of bitterness or envy or fault finding escape your lips, but let your lips be tuned to praise God. There is enough to discourage us everywhere, but we must look to the author and finisher of our faith and by beholding his loveliness and purity become changed into the same image. You can feast your soul on his love. You can know that you are obtaining the victory every day and you can rejoice in the Lord. And this is what we must do. We must rejoice in the Lord. We must gain the victory every day and we must behold his loveliness and his purity and we will be changed into that same image. And that is such an amazing thing to think about and to study. And it will be our study throughout eternity. That is a privilege and an honor. And that is something that I want to be a part of. And I am asking the Lord for help. And I'm asking for your prayers. And I'm praying for all of you the same thing because we all want to be there. We all want to share that heavenly home and to be in a place where love and beauty and all of these goodness reside where nobody hates anybody else where nobody murders or does all of the despicable evilness that is in the world there will be none of that it'll all be beautiful and lovely and much more than we could ever think or imagine we are told and that is something that I want to be a part of and I hope that all of you want to be a part of that as well now I want to sing this song before I finish up and it is Jesus Paid It All. Now there are many songs that fit in well with this, but I chose this one. I hope and pray that it is a blessing. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. Crimson. 
snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leopard's spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I, whereby thy grace to claim, I'll wash my garments white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. And he has washed all of our sins whiter than snow. And that is a beautiful, wonderful thing for which we should all be eternally grateful for and forever repeat those praises on our lips that he has saved us to the uttermost because he loves us and he wants us there forever. Remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. So with this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.